Welcome to our latest episode of The Confession Box. And we're joined in studio with Michael Kelly, editor of the Irish Catholic newspaper. Um, today, Michael, we're going to talk about Christians in the Holy Land. Um, I saw a piece in The Guardian uh, three months ago, and, and it's, I've seen other pieces that basically the Holy Land patriarch was, has, has been putting out a warning. And he said that Christians are in danger under this Israeli government. That's a really strong thing to say. It's really strong stuff. And actually, the patriarch you're talking about, Archbishop Pizzaballa, is a man who is renowned for being moderate and temperate. So he's not a man who says these things lightly. What he's getting at really is we have seen in the last just under a year, the most conservative, uh, some even would say right wing government that Israel has even seen uh, the Benjamin Netanyahu has pulled together this real or cobbled together, really, I should say, this coalition of quite extremist parties. We have some very, very uh, unsavory people in the government. I mean, the National Security Minister, Ben Gavir, is a man who has confronted security guards in car parks with guns. And what the patriarch is getting at is what a lot of people have suspected for a while. This right wing government is pushing a radical plan to judicize the old city of Jerusalem, to try to drive out the Christians, to try to drive out the Muslims and uh, create uh, an exclusively Jewish zone in the old city. So what we see, some of that is happening by, um, you know, buying up property because the, the Christians face a very, very difficult time there. So it can be quite enticing for them to sell up. But what we've also seen recently is an Israeli television channel got one of their reporters to dress up as a priest. And within seconds walking around the old city, he was spat upon by uh, yeshiva students. These are students who are attending the rabbinic schools there. So what the patriarch is trying to do is sound an alarm to the international community saying while everyone rightly gets caught up in the wider Israeli-Palestinian conflict in the midst of that there is a tiny, tiny minority. Only 2% of the population of the Holy Land are Christians and they're in serious, serious trouble because of this intimidation uh, that is ongoing. Intimidation that's widely acknowledged in the Israeli media. Yeah, and only this week um, there was an, there was a, an event at the Western Wall. There was a bit of a, a bit of a, a not a fracas, but there was a bit of difficulty for some Christian leaders, I believe. There certainly was. So Nicodemus Schnabel is the recently appointed abbot of the Dormition Abbey. That's an abbey right up on the top of Mount Zion, where the Christian tradition holds that uh, Mary, at the end of her earthly life, fell asleep, and the uh, d- the church has kept a strong presence there for many many years. He was showing a minister of the German government around the old city of Jerusalem, the various holy sites there that are sacred to Jews, Christians and Muslims. And he went to visit the Western Wall. The Western Wall, people will recall, is the last remaining wall of uh, the Temple of Herod the Great, the temple as Jesus would have known it. And actually, because he was wearing a pectoral cross, which is normal for uh, abbots, they wear outside of their their garb, their priestly garb, they wear a pectoral cross. Uh, One of the staff there objected and said uh, her objection seemed to be because of the size of the cross, we, there's a video doing the rounds on social media where she says your cross is too large but what the abbot is saying is that well look I am an abbot this is how I dress this is the dress code of an abbot you, you can't tell me uh, how not to dress so this is a point of conflict that's there at the western wall and I think there's a balancing act because uh, at one level you know this is the holiest site of Judaism so it is ultimately a Jewish site but the Christian cross uh, is no threat to anyone the abbot was not being prevented provocative in any way. It's simply how abbots dress. So that's another uh, embarrassing incident going on there. And another incident, whether intentionally or not, that is going to kind of witness to the wider Christian community that actually we view you as guests or visitors here rather than people who are intimately connected to this old city. 
But this is not the first time there's been uh, this issue around pectoral crosses and Christians, uh, their dress at, uh, at the Western Wall. It's happened before, hasn't it? No, indeed. And there was an Irish connection there in uh, 2008. Cardinal Sean Brady was leading a delegation of Christian church leaders to the Holy Land to particularly be in solidarity with the Christian community. They're right back to what we were talking about at the beginning. And they decided that they would visit the Western Wall. They wanted to visit this last remaining wall of uh, the temple. And they were stopped likewise. Now, in that circumstance, they were proceeding towards the wall when uh, another man, a Jewish worshipper who was there, objected and confronted them. And then the security became involved and uh, turned them away. Now, this was a very, very embarrassing international incident. You have this delegation coming from Ireland to visit the Holy City, to particularly highlight the plight of the Christian community there, and they experience exactly what they are trying to highlight. So immediately, the Israeli government, a much more moderate government at the time than the current one, which had as a member Isaac Herzog, who is the current president of, uh, of, of Israel, he intervened, actually, and then they were able to visit the Western Wall uh, at a later time with their pectoral crosses. So you see this conflict that is going on in wider Israeli society between these extremists and then more moderate people like uh, like Herzog, the current president. I might interest people actually that uh, Herzog's grandfather was the was the chief rabbi of Ireland. So, so President Herzog has a, a long connection going back to Ireland. And I think that's why he felt particularly uh, a desire to become involved in this to ensure that the Irish church leaders could visit the Western Wall without incident. Where do you think this is all leading? Because we, we saw Israel on, nearly on the brink, and it's no exaggeration, I think, of civil war in, 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 recently over uh, proposed legislation uh, for the Supreme Court. Where Where is this all leading, not just for Christians, but for Israeli society? The Christian situation is a story within a story. Uh, Israeli society, the wider society, is at war with itself. I mean, this extremist government that is in place now, that's been uh, cobbled together, it doesn't represent the vast majority of Israeli society. It represents a very, very small portion of very conservative people, right-wing people, uh, ultra-religious sects within Judaism who have come together to to coalesce in this power. So what you see every weekend uh, right now... uh, in cities across Israel, people are protesting. More liberally minded people are protesting. Middle of the road people. They closed down the airport recently. Just a few days ago, they closed down most of the central tr- train stations all across Israel. So this is continuing. And a lot of people are thinking this is going to come to a pinch point. The legislation you're talking about is really an unprecedented move in a democracy to try to give the government authority over the Supreme Court to do the hiring and firing of the judges of the Supreme Court. The international community has expressed concern about this. The United States, one of Israel's greatest allies in the world, has said, look, we are opposed to this judicial overhaul. The president who I mentioned, President Herzog, has himself said Israeli society is tearing itself apart about this. So, look... I don't know if anyone knows where exactly it's going to go, but this this government keeps uh, pushing and pushing and it is deeply affecting Israeli society and the Christians are getting squeezed in the middle of that. Because it's not just about, you know, who appoints the judges. It, it's about what they want to do when they get their judge or they, they, they don't want the judges interfering with legislation, which means that they can take more settlements, build more settlements. And essentially, um, any chance of a two-state solution would be absolutely off the cards then. Well, effectively, what they want to do is they want to make the Supreme
Supreme Court not supreme. They want to decide actually when the uh, Supreme Court makes a decision. If the government doesn't like the decision, well, they can overrule the decision. Well, hello. I mean, the clue is in the word supreme. That's why it's supposed to be the ultimate uh, authority within the state. And you're absolutely right. This is what they want to do. They want to have a free hand to do as they please in uh, the West Bank. What they themselves don't even acknowledge calling it the West Bank or the Palestinian territories. They call it Judea and Samaria, giving it the uh, the old titles from uh, 2000 years ago. And what they want to do, unfortunately, many of the people in the government, they want to create facts on the ground. So uh, they pay lip service to this idea of a two state solution or a Palestinian state. But actually, if things keep going as they are, there will be no meaningful Palestinian state because the land there in the Jordan Valley, it will be entirely built up with uh, with, with settlements. So the peace process is, I'm afraid, as far off as ever. And uh, for a long time, Israeli government said they had no credible partner for peace on the Palestinian side. Now, most people would disagree with that. But I think the Palestinians can, without fear of contradiction now, say they have no credible partner for peace on the Israeli side. And yet, uh, as we look at Israel, the Holy Land, uh, um, you know, life goes on, Michael. I was I was only in Jerusalem a few weeks ago, and I know you're a regular visitor with the pilgrimages. Uh, I should also say that you're the author of the Pilgrimage Guide to the Holy Land, which has uh, just been reprinted. So congratulations Thank to you. you. Um, but life goes on, Michael. And uh, you have an interesting pick on the front of the Irish Catholic this week, I believe. You know, I grew up in Northern Ireland during the Troubles, and sometimes people say to me, I mean, what was that like? And well, it's it's a really hard hard question to answer because actually life did go on and the same happens for the Christians in the Holy Land. Uh, in these months of summertime, the little uh, Christian children who live within the old city, they have been gathering for their, their summer camp and uh, they've been playing various games, they've uh, catechesis and really just trying to live their life and give the children as normal a life as possible. And I just got this picture this week from the, the Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem, that's the Catholic diocese there in Jerusalem, of these wonderful, wonderful uh, little Arab kids in the Holy Land, eating ice cream as part of their summer festival. And I was just so taken by the picture and I realized these are the future of the Holy Land. If Christians are to survive in the Holy Land, it's because these people will be given, these little kids will be given the, the power and the autonomy to stay there. So that's the headline we put on it, the hope of the Holy Land. And I really do hope that Christians all around the world will continue to support the Christians there in the Holy Land because, look, let's face it, without a Christian living presence there, the Holy Land becomes a museum. And who wants that? Michael Kelly, editor of the Irish Catholic, thank you for joining us.